0: and welcome to the EMS Nation podcast. I'm your host, Faizan Arshad, and on the line, we're continuing our CCTMC podcast lecture series. We have Dr. Chris Polgar, the president of AMPA, the Air Medical Physicians Association. Hey, Chris. Hello.
1: Hey, Faizan, I'm very happy to be here and just continuing on with the CCTMC lecture series here. If you guys haven't had a chance to attend to CCTMC, I strongly encourage it. It's a very exciting forum, which is sponsored by AMPA, ASNA, and the IAFCCP, really speaks to the whole gamut of critical care, transport, and medicine providers.
0: The content that is delivered at the conference is incredible, and it's a collection and consortium of world-class experts, and the camaraderie and conversation amongst both the attendees and the presenters is fantastic. And this lecture that we're presenting was certainly no exception, it is entitled Consider the Extraglottic Device, a History and Nuanced Approach by Dr. Mike Sturwall.
1: Dr. has been involved in air medical transport throughout his residency. Now he is an attending physician and a flight physician with the University of Wisconsin MedFlight. He has a particular passion for airway management and especially alternative airway devices such as the extraglottic airways. He takes a fairly comprehensive and interesting look at these devices and it's sure to be a great talk.
0: I personally learned a tremendous amount from this presentation. So if you think you know everything there is to know about advanced airways, think again. A fun fact, he very early on defines the difference between an extra-glottic device and a supraglottic device. So if you don't know the answer, stand by and tweet us what you learned after you hear the lecture.
2: All right, great. So good morning. Uh, my name's Mike. Uh, I'm a flight physician uh, retrievalist from uh, the University of Wisconsin. Uh, it's my honor to be here today. Thank you for having me. Um, if, uh, if it suits you, uh, please uh, follow me on the, uh, on the Twitter. Uh, it is has uh, become one of the most salient ways I think we communicate in this industry. So uh, I'd be honored if you did. If you uh, do choose to uh, make any tweets from this particular lecture, please use the conference hashtag. Uh, again, this really has become a fascinating modality of, uh, of communication in this industry. This industry is so international, such a, a, an international uh, scope of influence. Um, it is, it, it's amazing to me how much using these tools has allowed us to communicate more and more with our international colleagues over the last five or so years. So um, please, uh, uh, please do um, share thoughts uh, in real time. I believe that uh, every lecture should start with thank you. So thank you to the program committee. Um uh, Thank you to my two great friends, uh, Dr. Steve Carlton and Dr. Jim Campbell, who uh, are my mentors in emergency uh, again and taught me almost everything I know. Uh, to my friend, Dr. Bill Hinkley, who is another mentor, and all of you. I really believe that the the undivided attention of several of your colleagues at once is, is a precious thing not to be squandered. <coughs> yeah. um, the opportunity really is how you affect change. Um, so I, I see a room like this is the ability to affect change. So uh, uh, thank you from the bottom of my heart. All right. Um, I didn't talk here last year. I showed this map. Um, so this is where we are right here. Uh, this is where I went to elementary school, uh, and uh, uh, I went to high school, like, right like, over here. So, uh, Charlotte is my home. Uh, I don't live here anymore, but I consider it my home, so it's a, a great place to be Let me digress for a moment. Um, a couple of these slides will look similar from last year if uh, um, you um, uh, graced me with uh, uh, your attendance uh, at my talk at this conference. But this really is my passion and influences how I make decisions, so allow me this, uh, allow me this digression. Uh, this is a work called Good to Great. Um, it's a uh, text by a guy named Jim Collins. Um, Jim Collins, a uh, full professor, and over the course of several years, um, published several texts. Probably the most famous is, uh, is this one called Good to Great. Uh, and the premise of Good to Great is this. So there were several companies that he examined over time. Think of this blue line, okay? That just petered along, petered along, petered along, petered along, petered along. Okay? So time on the x-axis. Profitability. So this group of companies just petered along, petered along, petered along, petered along, petered along. And then all of a sudden, he compared them to other companies that were petering along, petering along, petering along, petered along. And then at one magical moment, one magical moment, they exploded, okay? And their profitabilities just went crazy. Uh, the premise of the whole book is examining what made these great companies different from these good companies, okay? Uh, he called this moments in time to a great transition. And after really thinking about it and exploring the concepts that, um, that he put forth in his book, it just occurred to me that while companies and their profit, profitability is really what he was talking about, there are ways that we, as a as a medical community and a critical care community, can affect good to great transitions within our own teams. So I'm going to become obsessed with this idea of finding ways to go from good to great and affecting that of transition. This is what I'm passionate about. This is my scope of influence uh, or my scope of interest. Um, emergency area management. Um, the way that I try to affect a transition in my team, um, whether it's my clinical emergency department, uh, my academic department, or um, my uh, transport team, is I fight the enemies. This is how I've uh, this is how I've uh, decided um, is uh, the way to affect a degree transition. The enemies that I see them are to role in the situation. And the uh, the impact of stress. Okay, so those are the enemies, and everything I do is trying to fight um, these uh, these enemies. So what's my goal? What's my goal here today? My goal is to fight the enemies, just like every uh, every other time that I speak on this subject or do anything uh, to uh, to try to affect uh, a change. So how, I'm gonna do, how am I going to do that? Uh, it's by increasing the situational awareness around the subject, um, the subject being extraglottic devices today. Um, the, the meaning behind that, and what I mean by increasing the situational awareness, is that I want to um, increase and give you some background information so that if you do have to use device in a rescue situation or in some other, some other primary application situation, that you have enough knowledge of not just how to insert the device, but what its features are, why those features got placed in certain way, and what the differences are between another device that you might be able to place so that you can make the most educated decision possible. Furthermore, if your transport team is considering going from one extra device that may have been in bags for 10 or 20 years to something newer, to make the most educated decision <clears> with respect <throat> to the features themselves, not just which ones happen to uh, be used in some of the part of
0: Okay,
2: is that cool with everybody? All right. So this is not a talk about how to place uh, extra or super devices. It's not a talk about. Um, uh, it's not a talk about why you should put one in versus an endotracheal tube. It's not about why you may or may not decide to put one in cardiac arrest versus. Uh, um, versus uh, an endotracheal the tube. It's about the devices themselves and trying to increase the situational awareness around. Okay, is that cool with everybody? All right. Please stop me if uh, please stop me if you have a question. Uh, we'll just kind of rock <coughs> um, this particular topic is exhaustive. If you uh, read um, um, the, uh, the definitive kind of airway textbooks called Benninghoff's Airway Management, this is about 200 pages of text. Uh, it's impossible for me to go over this in 30 to 35 minutes. Um, Taming the Shrew is an educational blog I've been to for a few years. Um, there's uh, a couple of podcasts on this subject. Uh, one where I specifically interviewed a guy named uh, Jim Decanto, who's an anesthesiologist um, uh, out of Milwaukee. Um, uh, check out Taming the Shrew if you want some more resources. Terminology is the big elephant in the room. Uh, clar- clarifying and clarity of the terminology is really where we'll take our biggest step. If we can remove some of the ambiguity in the terminology today we'll have well succeeded. Alright? So, so bear with me. There's some nuance but there really is a purpose. Alright? And you can change you can be better at the end of this talk after having uh, after having a uh, um, Uh, gone through these particular subjects, okay? So EGD, okay, everybody's used that term before, correct? Everybody's said, oh, that's our EGD, or we're gonna use an EGD, all right? What does an EGD okay? So an EGD is an extra-glottic device, all right? What does that mean? So this is an old-school, old-school, old-school photograph from an anatomy text, the great anatomy text. You see the base of the tongue here, um, you see the um, uh, laryngeal structures here. Um, here's the epiglottis, here are the vocal cords, this is where the uh the esophagus would be. This hole right here is the glottis, okay, as we all know. Extraglottic devices are invasive airway devices that <coughs> do not go through the glottis. They're extra glottic, okay? Not uh um not rocky. Superglottic airways versus dual devices. Who, including myself, has used the terms superwide and extra extrawide interchangeably. Okay? It's for in the literature. Um, people usually just pick whichever one that they think of first to um uh, to use term. Okay. So EGE, SVA, um, EGA, SVD, so on and so forth. Um, that's not accurate. Okay? So now, as a group, going forward, let's use these terms just a little bit more appropriately with a little bit more nuance, so that when we communicate, we all not know exactly what it is that we're talking about. Okay? So extraglottic devices are all of the devices that would be invasive airway devices that do not go through the glottis. Okay? They can be further delineated into superglottic devices, okay, or superglottic airways, and dual balloon devices. Okay, those are the, um, the retroglottic airways, and I will uh, uh, show what that means in just a Okay, so EVDs is a whole family, all right? And that can be further broken down into superglottic airways and dual balloon retroglottic airways. Okay, the superglottic airways are named as such because most of the material lives superglottic or above the glottis. The most classic example is an LMA. Okay? Um, so the ventilation point is supra to the glottis and most of the materials. The retroglottic devices exist primarily posterior to the glottis. Okay? So as you can see, those are the dual This is the KLT device that almost all of us I, mean, I would assume have uh, either at the most part, at the at the least touch, probably put into in patients. These exist retro. <coughs> okay? So EBE is the parent term. SDA doable devices are kind of the big branch point between the, uh, the devices themselves. Examples of SDA are LMAs, what I call LMA style <laughs> like, um, that um, the IGL, Cook Eric U, Oregon, and then other um, uh the other kind of big group are the dual balloon devices, that includes the Condu Tube, the KLT, and other uh, and other derivatives that are much more uh, that are much uh, uh, more obscure, so like the Roush Easy Tube and a couple of others. Is that cool? Is everybody following? This right here, this all you remember from the talk is this kind of like terminology, this 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 differentiation you made you made you made a, made a sign, Okay, it, it it pisses me off beyond like. Absolute, uh, beyond, like, uh, absolute measure how much of the airway literature is marred by um, people not paying really close attention to the terminology that they use. Because it actually may seem kind of confusing. So, this is, I think, understanding of this level is really one of those ways where you go from being one of these good teams to being one of these. I should Alright, I, like, I like to get into it when I talk especially about airway business, this is like anything like, Alright, right, is everybody cool with that? You can head okay? Alright, awesome. Alright, so let me take you on a journey here, okay? We're not, we're not gonna talk about like awesome A.E. bands even though the journey is an Austin A.E. team. Um, but rather, I want to continue the journey of the devices now, okay? Not how to place them, not the, not why you should buy one versus the other, but let you take you on a journey of kind of how the device that you should probably carry in your bag has come to you. Okay? Alright. I'm a big fan of checklists, okay, uh, especially for critical procedures. So I'm doing a critical procedure right now to try and effect change, so I've got my checklist for, uh, for this talk. Okay? I'm going to show you some photographs of okay? Of some devices. Uh, my checklist for each device is, I'm going to give you the classification. I'm going to talk about what sizes they're available. I'm going to talk about what their generation is, and I will explain what that means. I'm going to give you their claim to fame if the device happens to have a claim to fame. Uh, and then I'm going to talk briefly about Canopy and Through Blind. And it be intubated through directly, and then can airway exchange kits be used to exchange them? Which is really something that we don't talk about enough, which we desperately, desperately should. Okay, we desperately should. Um, if I had a, oh, I do have a chair. I usually make the point to do this with uh, stuff I really want people to remember. We desperately should talk more about how these devices are managed after we put them in. Okay, and That's something that we don't talk about in transport frequently. Okay, We're usually trying to simply use a device to either rescue a patient or manage their airway primarily when we put one of these in. We don't think much about, well, what's the next step? And in emergency medicine, we don't do that as well. It is of desperate consequence um, that we think about how these devices are managed because uh, I would assume that a fair amount of us in this room have experienced the extraglottic device or superglottic device or whatever that gets pulled out and then it becomes a, a crap show um, to uh, uh, then later manage the airway, okay? Because there is some rate of pharyngeal edema um, if the device was placed because of a difficult airway. It doesn't help. It makes it worse. So let's absolutely consider these as we, uh, as we move on. Okay. So remember the, the remember the idiot in the like brightly colored shirt on the chair when uh, uh, when you think about these devices again at this point. Okay. Cool. All right. Exchange devices. So what I mean by exchange devices are are, are two. Okay. So the Aintree catheter is this blue thing. Uh, it's essentially a hollow bougie that you can put a fibroscope through, and you can drive this down the lumen of most um, superglottic uh, and um, uh, dual lumen devices. And after you do that, you get in the trachea, you pull everything off and essentially have a blue gene in place before you actually be do your linear dioxin. So it's a pretty safe way of exchanging an extra lot device. Um, this is the ARN airway exchange hacker set. Um, it's a similar device except you put a fibroscope down the whatever you're dealing with, you put a wire uh, down what's called a working channel that's um, from the slot that's on the side of the fibroscope, uh, and then after you've got the wire. Uh, and you, uh, you put a cap over top in the of the central The L.A. Classic. So the L.A. Classic is the, is the quote unquote original superabotic device. Um, it uh, was invented around 1984 um, and started uh, uh, having widespread acceptance in um, Europe around 1980. It was invented by this guy, Archie <coughs> So he's a British anesthesiologist, so he's just able to say. And as you can see, uh, on his, uh, on his uh, wall, he's got all of his prototypes. Okay? Um, this is a little bit later in life. Uh, this is probably a photo that was taken in, uh, in the late 2000s. And this is uh, a later on device that was his quote unquote favorite device um, that uh, um, he, uh, he later invented. Um, this gets me super excited as somebody who likes to guide stuff. This was actually the original LMA. So the original LMA was um, a endotracheal uh, uh, tube um, that was super glued onto what was actually a nose piece. So this was a nose piece that was used for, uh, for dental procedures. Um, it uh, got put together and Archie used it to make great seal and that. that right there is the genesis of millions and millions and millions of, uh, of elements. So the LMA class. The only Classic had a boat that was a laryngeal uh, It's got a couple of bars that keep the epiglottis holding into, um, into the tube. Uh, it's reusable uh, and it is rated for some uh, uh, ungodly number of uh, procedures. Okay? So here's my checklist. Alright? So it's a superglottic device. It is available in all sizes for all humans, from neonates to adults. It's a first-generation superglottic device. It doesn't really have a claim to a with any other than it was the original. It can be intubated through or it can not be intubated through blindly reliable. You cannot shove in trade through it in the sectors, you know, and set you a Um you can use all of those um uh, exchange hits, and you can't just shove them in the trade through it if uh, you have a fire Okay? Cool? Any questions about that device? All right, come on. The LVD? Okay, same device except it's social so forth. So if you carry quote-unquote LMA now, um, you'd like carry the LMA which is a very similar device except for the fact that it has uh, um, the ability to just keep roadline. Okay. Um, to my knowledge, there are the main benefits of the uh the disposable LMA to the um, or excuse me, the reusable LMA to the disposable LMA. So I think the vast majority of the year, the people, especially in transports, they use just the really old school LMA, use the LMA. Okay, so a limit classic was the original, only unique is the disposable version of the classic. Okay, everybody cool with that? Come YouTube. Okay. is kind of a historical prototypical um, uh, doable device. Okay. Uh, it uh, had two ports that we're all familiar with uh, uh, how uh, it was utilized. Um, this device um, uh, is interesting um, because uh, it uh, has kind of fallen out of favor um, because of its costs and because of the fact that it's not available in sizes for all humans. But it is um, got a couple of benefits that people don't talk about uh, uh, with uh, uh, people don't talk about with uh, any uh, uh, regularity. Okay, so let's go to our checklist. Uh, it is a dual balloon retroglottic device. It's available in two sizes: um, one for kind of like short adults, and one for uh, regular adults. So not pediatrics. Um, it. Uh, uh is uh not got a generation because it's a dual balloon extraglottic device um it's claim to fame is uh just that it's got a lot of ems history to it uh, and uh, it is uh, uh, a device on which a lot are based uh it cannot be intubated through blindly you can't just put an endotracheal tube through it um it uh cannot be um uh, Intubated through it directly. Okay, so you can't put an endotracheal tube through it and uh, put a scope through it so that you can just drive that into the airway. Uh, and uh, an exchange kit cannot be used. Okay, so you pretty much have to deflate the balloons and try to intubate around it or just yank it out. All right. Uh, the the claim <coughs> that uh, exists for the combination tube that uh, usually isn't talked about that may uh, make it still have a role uh, in air management and not just make it be obsolete is this. So the pharyngeal cuff is a little bit different than the pharyngeal cuff on some of these other devices, most specifically at ALT. So this cuff is actually still made of latex. Uh, and thus, and most people think this is, this is, this is why... Um, has a higher seal pressure than almost all of the other extraglottic devices that we're going to talk about, whether it's the dual balloon uh, variety or the superglottic variety. So if you talk to anesthesiologists, they will tell you that this particular device has the highest seal pressure, um, or you just have to use a lot of, uh, a lot of force um, to, uh, uh, to ventilate a patient, um, or high, high pressures to ventilate a patient. Uh, this uh this device might be the most advantageous uh, uh device for which to do that. Okay? They're kind of expensive. Uh and there's only two sizes. I don't know if a lot of people, uh, especially in the critical care transport who uh, are moving specifically towards systems. Okay. This is the LMA Pros. Okay. So everybody remembers Archie Brain from that first photograph that I showed. But the, the folklore is that Archie was actually a um, uh, a fan of the arts, he was a fan of uh, uh, the opera and such. And as as such, had a respect for the human larynx that a lot of other people did not have. So he wanted to create a situation where we were manipulating. The vocal cords less than uh, uh, we would if you know, we were putting in a tracheal tube in everybody that had like surgical procedures. So we came up with this LMA device. The um, original device, the one that was based on that, that dental nose piece uh, and the uh, the end of tracheal tube that you super to it, um, was. Uh, not what he wanted to make in its final form, but uh, as I understand it, they were limited by uh, uh, what they could do um, uh, with manufacturing. So after the um, the original LMA had garnered some acceptance, Archie redesigned it with a couple of specific features, and that came out uh, and was termed the LMA Pro, because the seal um, was better. Okay. So the boat is a little bit longer, okay. It has a built in uh, drain. The back wall is really where most of the difference is. So this back wall has got an extra centimeter or so of inflatable material. So that when you put it in uh, and inflate it, it really seals at the base of the tongue um, because of this extra material. So that is where the Pro Seal comes from. The steel pressure of this device is much higher than the unique devices um, that were um, uh, that were originally built. So this is a more capable device than the unique. It's a little bit harder to place because all of these tubes are floppy. You have to put it in this like metal thing, um, um, but it is uh, 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 and it's more expensive. Um, but it is uh, thought of as the, the the next generation element. Okay. So, it's classification as an SGA. It's available in sizes for all humans. Um, it's a second generation device, meaning, uh, that it has a gastric drain port built in. That's when, like if you hear the term second generation, anything in this particular realm, that's, that's what tells you that, uh, second generation or not, is that it has that gastric drain port built in. Um, it, uh, cannot be, uh, intubated through blinding. You can't just shove it in and tray two built in through it. Uh, you cannot intubate through it directly with a fiber optic student. Um, But you can use one of those exchanges um, for particular device. Okay? The LMA Supreme Period speeds. Okay. Um, it's got some U.S. acceptance. It is the disposable version of the LMA pro Okay? So the history for the device that your service series is what we talked about. From the LMA Classic to the pro to this disposable version. Most people will not say that the LMA screen is a quote for controls in version of the pro seal if they're a purist because the boat is made out of slightly different material. Um, but for all intents and purposes, it is. Right? Um, it has uh, the same characteristics as uh, um, the, uh, the pro seal um, in terms of my checklist of questions. Uh, it has a built-in bite block and it has a rigid plastic, a rigid plastic stem um, so that it can be inserted uh, with, uh, with relatives. These devices can't be insulated through, uh, with, uh, uh an entry so that's kind of the downside. The insulating LMA. Who's used an insulating LMA? Okay. okay. not many. This is a wildly, wildly capable device. Um, if, uh, all costs were equal, uh, and, uh, space considerations did not exist, uh, I would argue that the insulating LMA is probably what you should all carry. Because, uh, it uh, is a supercootic device that is, got um, uh, a got very specific claim to fame, and that's it, can be intubated through blind Okay, so, reliably, you can just shove it in the trachea through it, you have to go into the trachea upwards of 90%, um, on, uh, 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 a photo of hat after doing troubleshooting reverse. It's expensive, it's only available down to a size 3, um, it, uh, it takes a lot of uh, uh, space up in a kit so you, you must still use um, uh, the device with any kind of a uh, um, specific uh, routine, um, but uh, it's enormous okay. useful uh, 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 The device also comes in a, the device also comes in a disposable version. The DLT. Um, I would venture guess that uh, uh, most of our services carry PLTs, can, uh, can I see a show? Okay. Honestly, not as many as I thought. Um, this is the state-of-the-art uh, dual balloon device. Okay. Um, it uh, comes in sizes for pretty much all humans in the United States. Uh, it's available down to a size two. Okay. There is a size 1.5 or 2.5 that is available. Uh, in other parts of the world is perhaps available in the United States now. Um, it uh, cannot be intubated through blinding. Uh, it cannot be intubated through within a tracheal tube and a fiber optic scope, um, but an exchange shape can be used. Right? Um, it is uh, simple to place the device, uh, and it's very capable. Uh, it has a gastric drain if you get the LTS version, uh, and it uh, also comes in a disposable version, the LTSD, uh, which is what most of us have. The IDO device. Um, who's used an IDO device? Nothing. Um, the IDO is a super-threatic device. It's an LMA style device. Um, it uh, comes in sizes for all humans. It has great seal pressures, but if you uh, run into problems with it, um, there isn't too much you to can do because you can't modulate the uh, pressures in okay It does have a gastric drain. Uh, it has a built-in bite block. Uh, and uh, it is relatively insensitive. So it's a super device, uh, it's second generation, uh, it's playing the things that it's got this goo up here, uh, and uh, it uh, uh, can be intubated through directly and with um, the uh, uh, exchange kits that we have. Who's got air Okay, Not many of those. The air is probably the easiest device to exchange intubating through it or with a, uh, uh, an exchange kit. Um, it is potentially the, the one of the most nuanced with respect to placement. And that's because the cuff uh, is, uh, is a little bit different than the other cuffs. The, the tip of the cuff can sometimes roll back um, after it's placed in it the So you actually have to have some practice with it. It comes in a couple of different varieties. Uh, a reusable uh, variety that's used in the operating room. Uh, it comes in a variety that uh, is disposable. It comes in a variety that has a channel on the side that you can pass a, a gas or tube through. Uh, it also now comes in a variety that's actually self-pressurizing. So it completely gets rid of the pilot glue and just uses a bag when you squeeze it to inflate the cuff. So every time you deliver a breath, the cuff pressurizes. Every time you uh, get rid of a breath, it uh, depressurizes. So that's the, uh, the air cue. It's uh, available in sizes for all humans. Um, it's second generation. If it's got this, um, uh, if it's got this channel, uh, it uh, it's claimed the thing that it's very easy to intubate through and specifically designed uh, for that purpose. Okay. Uh, Anbu makes a device called for Aura Game, which is very similar to that LMA uh, uh, Supreme that we talked about earlier. Uh, it has that same kind of rigid L shape to it. Um, it's got a boat that's a little elongated, maybe a little bit of a uh, of a high back, wall, not not exactly the same as the LMA uh, uh, Supreme does. It's got a golden gasket grain and very easily uh, can be intubated. Okay. Long story short is this: Okay, so I just went through about ten different devices, all right, um, and we talked a lot about some nuances that makes one different than the other, and how the devices of over time, develop their features, all right? If you are going to make the decision to go to one versus the other versus the other devices for your kids, think about that checklist, okay? If you want that checklist, call me and I'll send it to you. That's the level of detail that you should be thinking about when deciding to go from one device to another device, or when you decide to train on the devices, right? That is how, my estimation, in this particular realm, you go from, oh, just having things that we throw in, or just having healthy and that we throw in, the good state, to the great state. We have, and before our eyes, we specifically got, because got an that it's got a GASA 3 that's built in that we believe in, and it can be incubated through at the trauma center, and we work with our folks at the trauma center um, to develop a protocol to exchange. That's the good state versus the great state. Okay, so I challenge you to, Go from that good state to that great state. All right. It's not hard. Nothing, nothing is hard. It's all just making the decision to affect that. So thank you for your attention. Uh, I appreciate you humoring me with uh, um, uh, the nuances that we've gone through today. Um, if, uh, if I can help you in any way, shape, or form, please
0: just ask. All right, folks. That was an unbelievable lecture. We certainly hope you enjoy What would make us even more delighted is if you would consider coming to CCTMC in person and meeting the entire cast and characters in the following year, in 2017. Chris, tell them all about it.
1: Absolutely. Um, If you guys would like to join us, we are in San Antonio in 2017. And if you would like to check us out on the website, we are at AMPA.org. That's A-M-P-A dot org. Uh, We have also put this together in association with our partner organizations, the Air and Surface Transport Nursing Association, as well as the International association of flight and critical care paramedics so if you guys are able uh, to come to meet us all uh, we have a great group of people that all care very deeply about critical care transport medicine and i hope to see you in san antonio in um, the spring of 2017
0: the best speakers the best pre-hospital content need we say any more this is Our Arshad and Chris Folgar, wishing everyone a safe tour.